Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. TurboTax believes taxes shouldn't be so complicated and daunting. People do amazing things every day, so it makes no sense that they should feel like they can't do their taxes. Look at me. I'm a genius, right? If you hear me on the Dan Patrick Show, I have so much trouble with my taxes, but that's why TurboTax provides you with tools and encouragement you need to do your taxes with ease and confidence. For instance, TurboTax Live features CPAs on demand, which gives you access to certified tax professionals anywhere and even on nights and weekends. With CPAs on demand, you get easy access to an actual real-life CPA or EA for tax answers and advice, who can give you answers and advice to help you make sure you get the best possible outcome. And with CPAs on demand, expert help is tailored to you and your particular tax situation. So you'll never, ever feel alone or stuck when you're doing your taxes. TurboTax Live with CPAs On Demand helps you get your taxes done quickly and easily so you can get back to all the other amazing things you do every day. TurboTax. All people are tax people. That's TurboTax. Remember, if you're amazing at other things, you can definitely be amazing at taxes as well. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave, this is Dan Patrick. Hour two on this Wednesday at Danette Down, Fritzy at home today. Hopefully you have him back by the end of the week. Glad you're part of the program. We are entertaining people around the world. Literally, heard from somebody in China yesterday, somebody in Japan yesterday, somebody in Croatia yesterday, able to watch the show on YouTube. Also heard from somebody this morning in the Philippines who uh, just sent an email saying, enjoying the show, watching on YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. We've had over 100,000 people watching the show the uh, last two days. So those are impressive numbers in this business. And uh, we're really happy that you're enjoying what we're doing. Also, uh, a great radio partners around the country, 362 radio affiliates taking the Dan Patrick Show all three hours. Uh, poll question, McLovin, if you'll give us the question and the results from the first hour. Best celebrity sports fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, your choices were Mark Wahlberg, Paul Rudd, Larry David, Billy Crystal, Bill Murray, Drake, and Spike Lee. Spike Lee, maybe recency bias, is leading over Bill Murray, 31-27 right now. But I think it's the the celebrity who is most identifiable with that team, that franchise, is what we're asking. Yeah, in a way, that's what I kind of meant by best. It was kind of hard to word it that way. Because I'd probably say Drake might be there because Drake has been out front a little bit more because they won a, a title last year. But Drake, though... Kind of plays the field a little bit sometimes. Play, showing up in a Kentucky uniform. Well, that's cutting up with LeBron. Yeah, but that's okay. That's that's just drive by. But Spike doesn't like wear a Nets jersey. I don't know. Drake Drake is loyalty. Yeah. Well, not with another NBA team. But Drake, you know, and he may have been might have been doing the Kentucky layup line for just because he was invited to do it. And I mean, it's weird that he's got tattoos of guys who are on other teams, but. No, he's loyal. He's loyal to the Raptors. But I'd say Spike Lee because he's been loyal for three decades to a dysfunctional franchise that hasn't won anything. And he goes and he spends $300,000. And then he says he's not going back this year because he had uh, an altercation with security there. The employee entrance. And to me, Spike Lee's an employee. He, He may not be an official employee, Drake's an official employee of the Raptors for seven years. Spike Lee has been an unofficial ambassador for maybe the worst franchise in all the sports for 30 years. And he still wants to do that. Yes, he... Yeah, somebody was just saying on Twitter before that he's probably spent $10 million on the Knicks over that time. Yeah. 
and got what out of that? Right. I mean, that's a, that's a legitimate investment at that point when you're spending millions of dollars on being a fan. And they're not even good enough for heartache. Like when you think about it, you know, your team that breaks your heart, they break your heart because they may not, like the Cleveland Indians, they break your heart because they don't win. They don't win the championship. The Knicks aren't even good enough to get to the point where they can break your heart. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com. Frank Isola, who, uh, of course, uh, NBA writer, he's a round-the-horn contributor. He will uh, join us coming up here in a little bit. We'll talk about this situation with uh, Spike Lee at the Garden. The My Pelicans lost last night. That was a bad loss. Bad loss. You can't be losing those games because you're on the outside looking in, and it's tough sledding trying to get into the playoffs in the West because they're, you know, Sacramento is playing a little bit better. Uh, Memphis is going to be there, and now you're four games out. There's a minutes restriction with Zion, who had another good game last night. you got to win those games. Yeah, McLevin. I'm sure uh, TNT is thrilled about this development, that the Zion's not going to be there for the playoffs. Yeah. It's going to be a blow. I mean, he's the guy to watch. I just saw, I didn't see this happening because I was doing my show, but LeVar Ball was on with uh, Skip Bayless yesterday. And uh, he said that the Pelicans are going to make the playoffs and then knock out the Lakers in the first. He guaranteed it. When you uh, guarantee something, doesn't mean when it doesn't happen, you have to give up something. Isn't that the nature of the word guarantee? Well, that's where I would just say, hey, LeVar, if that happens and you're predicting this, then great, we'll applaud you. If not, then you can't be on TV or radio for a year. How's yeah. that? You're talking about bets? I'll put 10 large on that one against LeVar Ball. Yeah, but but he also <laughs> said, I think all three of his sons are going to be in the NBA. And then he also said, I think Leangelo, who's in the G League, will lead the league in scoring. That's a middle brother. Yeah. The one that is a really good shooter. He just doesn't have enough game to play in the NBA. Got kicked out of UCLA. Yeah. Yeah, before he even played. But yeah, I if I mean, we don't have him on. And there's a reason why we don't have him on. Because he's a blowhard. But uh, if you're going to have him on, then somebody should just say, hey, how about this? You're guaranteeing it. Let's put something uh, on the line here. Yes, McLovin. Lonzo hit seven of ten threes last night. How about that? How about that? He's a guy. Uh, you've been uh, uh, ahead of the curve. I, I love what Lonzo has done this year. Got out of his dad's shadow, and I think he's having fun playing basketball. And he shortened up his shot a little bit there. That's why I said, just go home and study Kevin Durant's jumper. Because Durant starts on the left side and goes to the right side. Lonzo needs to do that. Yeah, McLevin. Guess how old he is. I just looked it up. He's 23? 22 still. Oh, my gosh. And Tatum just turned 22 yesterday. Oh, I know. Doncic just turned 21. Man, that's crazy. Uh, Frank Isola, the uh, star of Around the Horn, Sirius XM NBA Radio, the starting lineup Monday through Friday. And uh, Frank, kind enough to join us here. Frank, can you uh, help me understand what's going on with Spike Lee and the New York Knicks? I want to know, and how are you, Dan, since you're, you're a media guy, but you're also a celebrity VIP, mm. does Dan Patrick enter the garden through the VIP entrance, or do you enter with the riffraff of the media and you go at 8 Penn Plaza? Which one is it? Well, all those years I worked at CNN and I would go over, I went through the employee entrance a couple of times. But yeah. for See, the with most... The, with, me, with people like me, the riffraff, I've been... On the elevator before with Spike, he's entered that way a million times, and I know you know Spike. And Spike, listen, when he's courtside, does he like being part of the show? Some people don't like it, some people do. But when Spike is like kind of behind the scenes, so to speak, he doesn't walk around like he owns Madison Square Garden. 
And he's been coming in that way forever. What, first of all, what's the big deal? All right, but you have a new rule. But for the story to get to the point that it's at, and whether or not the Knicks were 100% right or Spike is 100% right, it's the Knicks that don't look good because what the Knicks are trying to do is kind of market themselves to NBA players. So now you have – they gave Charles Oakley a hard time, threw him out of the building, and now they're giving a hard time to the most famous fan entering the building. It but, makes no sense. Frank, could you imagine the Cubs doing this to Bill Murray? It's uh, – or, or, you know, the Lakers with Jack Nicholson. You're 100% right. That's a great way of looking at it. What do you have to gain from doing something like that? And remember this, too. You know, there are times where they can give the media a hard time, which, I, you know, I get it. You know, the team hasn't been good really for 20 years, and the coverage is, even though they don't want to admit this, the coverage is based on the results. So the results have been, for the most part, really bad for the last 20 years. So the relationship between the media and the team is not going to be that great, obviously. I mean, the relationship between the Warriors and their media the last five years has been pretty good because they went to the finals for five straight years. So a lot of times it comes down to the results. But regardless of the, the relationship between the media and the team, here's a guy that's paying money. He's a customer. It's like, I think he said like 300, uh, it's, what is it, uh, three grand per ticket, and he's got two per game. You know, it's a lot of money over the course of a year. Maybe like in his lifetime, since he's been a Knicks fan, he's maybe spent $10 million. He's basically paid for a power forward. I mean, it's <laughs> a lot of money. I mean, what's the big, in, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a big deal. But it is a big deal. Like, like, why go through this on the night where Leon Rose takes over the team? You have your best win of the season mm. against the Houston Rockets. And what becomes the big story? That the owner of the team and their most famous fan are getting into it. That, that's really what you want. He actually pays for this poor product. You know, other people, <laughs> right? It, it's, yep. He pays for this. And if he is an employee, Frank... He, he might be unofficial, but he's been the ambassador for the Knicks for almost 30 years. And I, so I don't know how it got to this point, but it just feels like it, it's a, a Knicks way of handling things. And that's why they're the worst run franchise and in, in probably in all the sports. And, and even when he went on the air yesterday to kind of, you know, to explain himself and to complain about it, he was wearing Knicks stuff. He was wearing you know, a, a Knicks ski cap. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he still kind of represents the Knicks everywhere he goes. And there's nothing to gain from it. And, you know, for them to come out and say in the statement that it's laughable, why, why pick a fight with them? Why yeah. continue this thing? It, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense, but it kind of, you know, gives you an indication of, of where the Knicks are right now. And a big thing for them, Dan, over, you know, last summer was, you know, they struck out with free agents and just the perception that a lot of NBA players have, about the Knicks, and it was really hurt by the Charles Oakley situation when they threw him out of the building. And again, let's say, for example, let's you know, let's argue the Knicks side that they're 100% right in what they did. They still hurt themselves in the eyes of NBA players. You had LeBron James, the most powerful player in the league, came out and said something about it. Chris Paul, also the second most powerful player in the league, came out and said something about it. Why would you want that to be? Forget about how the media feels about you and whatever fans who sit in the upper deck. The idea is... For you to go out and get players, that's not how you want to be perceived, but that's how they are perceived. We're talking to Frank Isola, who covers the NBA and uh, contributes to Around the Horn. A couple other things here. Tim Duncan takes over for uh, Coach Popovich in San Antonio uh, as Pop is out for personal reasons. Do you think Tim Duncan is the successor, the heir apparent to Greg Popovich in San Antonio? Now, earlier this season, and it really floated under the radar, I believe it was against Portland, but there was a home game. 
where Greg Popovich got kicked out. And it was pretty clear that uh, either Tim Duncan or Will Hardy is the, the guy's name who went to Williams College, which is the same college that the kid Duncan Robinson went to before he went to um, uh, uh, Michigan. There's also George Steinbrenner's college. Anyway, it was clear that they were kind of coaching the team. And I, I, th- I thought it was interesting that nobody really made the connection where what was, the, was Becky Hammond going to be the next one. Yeah. But it does seem like maybe Tim Duncan, it's something – that he wants to do. Clearly he's an assistant coach and I think he wants to be part of the NBA. I thought he handled himself really well because Dan, they said that he wasn't going to speak. And after the game, he spoke and you can tell why his teammates loved him as a teammate, because he comes across as self-deprecating. He credited the other coaches for what they did. He said, you know, all I was doing was screaming nonsensical stuff. Like that's <laughs> Tim Duncan perfectly. And he looks great. You know, he's lost from his playing days. Not that he was heavy, but he's clearly lost weight. He's got the cool hair. Working. What I said, though, what the, the league should have done, they should have had Joey Crawford show up as a referee. Remember Joey kicked him out of that game yeah. that one time yeah. when all Tim Duncan was saying something from the bench. It would be very – like if he did coach a bunch of games, it would be interesting to see what his interaction would be like with the referees. But I'm still convinced the Spurs' next game is in New York. Greg Popovich loves coming to New York, hanging out at the restaurants, drinking wine. He probably came – he probably decided just to come to New York a couple of days early because they don't play again until <laughs> Friday in Brooklyn. Uh, I don't know if this was a topic on Around the Horn, uh, but I'm going to guess it was, with the LeBron versus Greek Freak MVP talk. Uh, where do you stand on this? Well, you know, it's funny. Like, LeBron, as opposed to Giannis, doesn't really have kind of the media machine behind him because Giannis doesn't really uh, go out to, I don't know if the right word is to recruit or to cultivate other people in the media. If you talk to him, he's fine. But I think LeBron, and now LeBron's an older player, so he has more relationships. But I do think that LeBron is smart because LeBron did not have a great game on Saturday night against Memphis. Now, the game wasn't on national TV. Nobody paid attention to it, and they lost the game. But, you know, this game where a lot of eyeballs are on, he's going up against Zion, he has a great game. That same day, Giannis goes for 40, I think it was 41-20. and So Giannis has had the better game, but a lot of people in the media, and listen, all of us that – you know, once you start getting a little bit older, you kind of appreciate guys that are 35 years old and could still do it at the highest level. But that really shouldn't factor into the voting. It really should come down to who's having the better season. And let's remember this, too. Who would you rather have as your second teammate, Chris Middleton or Anthony Davis? So he's got the better second teammate. And I also think the media votes for awards, and a lot of times we like to – you know, we sometimes vote with a little sense of what's the better story. And I do think LeBron winning it would probably be the better story. But I do get a vote. And as of this moment, that doesn't mean it can't change. I would still vote Giannis as the MVP because what he's doing is incredible. And they have 52 wins, which is pretty remarkable. Yeah, I think the storyline, the story angle is pretty important here. Um, And having voted on this before, you know, when Carl Malone won, I voted for Jordan. When Charles won, I voted for Jordan. The better story was Charles Barkley and the Suns. The better story was Carl Malone and the Utah Jazz. But you can't tell me that Jordan wasn't the most valuable player. LeBron is the most valuable player in the NBA and has been for probably 12 years. His value is true value for every single franchise in the NBA and what he's doing for his team. For a guy who doesn't want, doesn't want to be listed as a point guard, he's taken over that position, and he's leading the league in assists. He's got three years of uh, playoff basketball, three seasons added on to that 35-year-old body. 
I, I mean, I don't know what you factor in, but I got to factor in all of these things here. And Anthony Davis hasn't been healthy. There's no drama with the Lakers. And I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think I, that- I, I understand what you're saying, but look at, you know, look at the numbers that Giannis is putting up. Giannis is so dominant that he's just over 30 minutes a night. And a lot of times he doesn't even have to play the fourth quarter because he's done uh, so much damage. So the win total should have something to do with it. But again, his second best teammate is Chris Middleton, and I get it. Chris Middleton. Yeah, but the Lakers are winning the West, Frank. The Bucks are winning the oh. East. Well, there are good teams in the East. I mean, Miami's a good team. Toronto's a good team. Philadelphia's a good team. There's still good teams there. Who's who's in the Western Conference? Denver's the second best team. They just lost last night at home to Golden State. The Clippers never have all their guys. Well, when it's all said and done, when we get to the postseason, the postseason will be tougher to go through the West and the East. I think we can agree on that, right? Well, I mean, yeah, I guess it would be. If Memphis finishes eighth, that's a pretty easy first-round series. I would love to see Portland get it because if you're the Lakers, you go through the season with the best record in the West, and then you have to play Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, a team that was in the Western Conference final. Oh, no, we want the Pelicans. We want the Pelicans in at that eighth seed. Well, so does the league, and if that does yeah. happen, they're going to have the executives from Turner and ESPN, and they're going to be very happy. champagne at the league office. Very happy. Right? Uh, Frank, uh, keep the peace on Around the Horn, and of course at Madison Square Garden. Play nice, all right? You're the, you're the man, Dan. Thank you, Frank. Frank Isola, ESPN's Around the Horn, Sirius XM NBA Radio, the starting lineup Monday through Friday. Uh, Jeff in Detroit. Jeff, what do you have for me today? I say that, Daniel, though, Tom. Smashing good show here on this YouTube apparatus. When I tell you, man, this is uh, Wait, Jeff, really, really nice. Jeff, was that an English yes, accent? Oh, yeah. Did you notice that? You, you caught barely. That? Barely noticed I it. Say that, da- <laughs> <laughs> I say that, Daniel. Smashing good show. Oh, thank Not you. Not often do I uh, engage in hyperbole, but you're looking out <laughs> for your peoples with this one, man. All right. But thank you get a you. chance to see you every day. And let me tell you, the one thing... A cousin of mine is at DTE right now, huddled in a room on a smart TV, looking at the damn picture. Well, that's not. Nice. Can't have it any better. McLovin stole my uh, my comment, so basically you guys passed out. Loving this man, I'll holler at you guys later. All right, thank you, Jeff. Always great to hear from Jeff. Yes, McLovin. Wait, he didn't say which comment I stole. He did. I know. It's like the eight teams with Brady. We need more specific. Yeah, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was the celebrity fan. Is Mark Wahlberg, so when you think of the Patriots, you think of Wahlberg? Apparently, Donnie Wahlberg's on a lot of lists, too, for the Celtics. He goes to every Celtics game or something, oh, I right. guess. But yeah, I put Mark Wahlberg on there. He's kind of Boston. He's the boss. Yeah. Or Damon and Affleck. Which one gets the, the mm, nod there? I think that's a team. I think that's a combo platter that you get. It's still Jack Nicholson is the greatest individual fan he he invented being a fan courtside and being involved like he was nightly there and when you think when jack nicholson was showing up for showtime basketball i mean he he was as big as showtime basketball was and i was there in the garden when he mooned the uh boston garden (laughs) in the playoffs for the nba finals and i because they didn't give him great seats i think he was a second deck uh at the boston garden and uh i remember the whole buzz was did you see jack nicholson moon the crowd and i went no but i was there like i I was there for a few of those things when uh isaiah when the pistons lost and isaiah said that bird would you know well it was dennis rodman who said it 
if Bird was black, he'd be just another uh, basketball player. And then Isaiah is the one who got the blame for that. But I was there as well for that. I was there when Magic hit the hook shot to beat the Celtics. There's so many great, great memories. When the Lakers won and you went into that terrible locker room, it looked like like it was junior high at best in that uh, the old garden. Yeah, McLovin. Did you ever have one of Diane Cannon's famous brownies? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Are they that good? Yes, they were. I, she she'll still do that? I, I don't know, but I just know that I was there, and P.J. Carlissimo, the longtime coach, said, uh, do you have one of Diane Cannon's brownies? And I thought that they might have been pot brown. Like, I wasn't sure what he was getting at, but I thought, I can't get stoned before I do a basketball game. Only Bill Walton can do that. And then I walked over, and she had a plate of brownies. And she said, do you want a, a brownie? And I said, I would love to have one of your brownies. It was a great brownie by uh, Diane. Very sweet of her. Yes, Paul. She was great in Heaven Can Wait. Remember that movie? Yeah, she was. Oh, man. Yeah. It's a good movie. Yeah. Yes, yeah, we should go to a Laker game sometime. Laker girls. Yeah, that'd be nice. We should do that. I, t- tomorrow? No, I don't know. I mean, I can, whenever you want to go, let's go. Yeah, we should go. All right. Lakers Bucks coming up on Friday night. Is that in Milwaukee? McLovin? Does that sound right? It's on the mothership. In right? LA. Oh, it is? Hey. Can we make it out there? Well, we can. All in favor, say aye. 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 Yeah, Paul. But if we go to a Laker game, let's Lakers. not do the thing, the cliche thing, and sit courtside. Let's sit like 20 rows deep and be men of the people. Because courtside, that's so cliche. That's not us. And that's just a cover because we this can't This is get a courtside. preemptive strike because, no, we would not get those. Uh, no, we don't. Uh, we would not get those. 20th row is like our But that's expert. okay. I'm fine with that. I still, there was a model, and Pam Anderson, I, this was. I'm in. No, 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 no. This was, <laughs> oh, sorry. But, but this was back in the two, early 2000s. And I remember just sort of taking inventory of, you know, Justin Timberlake, Brad Pitt was there. And I look over, and Pam Anderson is with some famous model, and they're making out in the stands. As I walked by, and I went, this is awesome. You just, you just people watch when you go there. It's great. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, we'll see if there's a little bit more fuel to the fire here. Maybe there's no fire there, but maybe there's a match being ready to be struck. We'll talk to Ray Ratto, a great writer in the Bay Area about San Francisco. Are they truly interested in Tom Brady? Could they? Could you see a scenario where Tom Brady does take the Niners up on maybe the opportunity to be their quarterback? And would you trade your quarterback, who is 15 years younger than Brady, back to the Patriots? Would you let him go? Would you cut him? We'll talk to Ray Ratto. He'll join us coming up. More phone calls as well. Mike Krzyzewski in an hour from now on the program. We're back after this. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today. That's geico.com. Once again, it's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today. Geico.com. It's the greatest time of the year in sports. NFL, college football, MLB, NBA, and NHL. 
What else can a sports fan ask for? All the action you want is every day at one place and one place only. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag. Use promo code PODCAST1 for your 50% off welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on all this incredible action at BetOnline.ag. That's BetOnline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. Got a poll question. We'll check in with Ray Ratto, who certainly uh, knows the pulse of the Bay Area. Great writer out there. Ask him if there's uh, any validity to these rumors that Tom Brady to the Niners might actually be in motion. Jennifer in Wisconsin joins us. What's on your mind today, Jennifer? Hey, Dan. This is my first time calling into the show, so thanks for taking my call. Um, I have a question about your celebrity poll. I'm wondering why Matthew McConaughey is not included. Ooh, that's a good call. Uh, and he's actually a professor at the University of Texas. But thank you, Jennifer McLevin. Why don't we have Matthew McConaughey? That's a good one. on there. Yeah. Well, I don't know who we take on Twitter. Will Ferrell with USC, but McConaughey's a little better, right? Oh yeah, he's he's actually a professor. He teaches um, like filmmaking. Uh, I think from script to film or something like that. But trying to take attendance. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Can you imagine that class? There's lines like eighty people to get in every year. All women. <laughs> yeah, mandatory. Uh, I got a Meet Friday song here before we wait uh, for uh, Ray Ratto to join us here. Here is uh, John in Toronto with the uh, Traeger Meat Friday. Meat Grilton, that smell. There's something that makes Frankfurter swell. That's my meat grill. Meat grill, Cecile. Montreal steak spice on Traeger grills, on Traeger grills. I rub you, I rub you, I rub you, and all I want's fillets until I finally flay those gamey birds and caribou that you'll eat by hand. All right, John in Toronto, little uh, My Michelle. With uh, my meat, my meat grill. There, more Meat Friday songs coming up. Let's uh, make way for Ray Ratto, Bay Area longtime sports columnist, and here to separate fact from fiction with the Tom Brady Forty ers rumors. Do you believe the rumors, Ray? Um, I believe that the Forty ers would kick the tires. I believe that's where it ends. Where it ends. Yeah, I, I th- look, I think they ask about a lot of things. I mean, they got Jimmy Garoppolo because they asked about Tom Brady three years ago. Yeah. You know, and that was just a joke. But I think Kyle Shanahan, the general manager, investigates a lot of things that never really come to fruition. And this is one where I think the general manager on his left shoulder is telling him, well, go ahead and ask about it, but you know, don't, get too, don't get your hopes up. And the coach on his right shoulder is saying, are you crazy? Um, I just don't know that there's enough of a verifiable upside for the 49ers to do the let's get Brady and get rid of Garoppolo thing. It doesn't make, it doesn't make sense to me, and I'm not sure that it makes sense to Shanahan. Yeah, I was wondering about this from the Niners' perspective, is you're going to basically say to somebody 15 years younger than Brady, that we're going to cut you to make way for Brady to come in. Then he's got to get adjusted to Kyle Shanahan's system here. 
I know Brady wants to go where he can win, and if you said he could walk into the Niners lineup right now, it's probably the best place for him to try to win a championship, I'm guessing. But I just don't know the risk and the reward with that of betting on the next two years with Tom Brady or the next seven to ten years with Jimmy Garoppolo. Have, have, do you think that they're – are we close to the ceiling with Garoppolo would be probably the one question I would want to know if the Niners feel that way. I don't know what the Niners feel about him. I mean, they say all the right things, which, of course, means they're probably lying. <laughs> but I think they know that he is a better-than-league-average quarterback. Um, he's coming off a year in which he basically put up Brady's numbers – and the real question is not about him. It's about whether the struggles that Brady had down the stretch are more indicative of the weapons around him or of a quarterback who's starting to see the, the event horizon. And I think that's the problem. It's just, they they kind of know what they have in Garoppolo. And what they have in Garoppolo is one of the many quarterbacks who isn't Patrick Mahomes. Um, I mean, they had that game won. And what happened was Pat Mahomes did what Pat Mahomes does. And that's how they lost the Super Bowl. It wasn't that Jimmy Garoppolo threw up on himself. It's that the Chiefs do the thing that the Chiefs did about four or five other times that year, which is fall behind, then score a million points in 40 seconds, and win. And I think if if you want to say that this is Jimmy Garoppolo's fault, you're probably guilty of thinking the quarterbacks are the only positions that matter in, in football, and they're not. So, I've, I mean, to me, if he was, if he was a below it, if he was Andy Dalton, yeah, I think they'd think about it. If he was, you know, a lot of quarterbacks, I think they'd think about it. But I think they view him as a good quarterback with the odd flaw or two, like most quarterbacks. I mean, he's not Drew Brees. He's not Patrick Mahomes. You know, he's not Lamar Jackson, but he's in that he's in the rest of that field. And I think it, it becomes now a risk reward. Do you want to pay twice as much money for a guy who's 15 years older and who's coming off a year in which he started to look old for one reason or another? And I just think that Kyle Shanahan is too conservative a thinker to make that kind of deal. And I mean, look, if Bill Belichick wants to make that kind of deal, you know, where he gets the 28-year-old and yeah. the Patriots give up the 43-year-old, I'm thinking Bill Belichick knows something, and I'm going to try to avoid <laughs> being the guy who thinks just opposite of him. Yeah, I, I think the what kind of went under the radar is that Niner, that vaunted defense that folded in the fourth quarter. Like I, I can blame Garoppolo for not closing out and had a couple of throws. One got knocked down. But I think, I think the defense is uh, what lost that Super Bowl, in my opinion. Yeah, well, and I thought, I think the Chiefs' offense, which you know basically crushes and eats souls as a hobby, did that. I mean, they, I mean, they, they, they've done. They, if it wasn't for the fact that they had done it, you know, before to Tennessee, and I watched them do it in eight minutes against a, a, an Oakland defense, which isn't very good. I mean, I would say, yeah, the Forty ers let down, but mm. the, one of the things that made the Chiefs great was that. They, they, they wear you down. They, they're, they're standing on your chest the whole time and urging you to breathe. And eventually you stop. You just, you know, I'm tired. Get off my chest. And that's when they beat you. So I, I think this was more a matter of Kansas City winning than the 49er defense losing. Because I think Patrick Mahomes was that good this year, that he could make even great defenses cry. And 
I mean, the 49ers are not going to do anything material to their defense this year. I think they'll try to upgrade their secondary a bit, and they'll throw a bunch of money at Eric Armstead. Or they'll give that money to Tom Brady mm. and then have to look with no quarterback at a future in two years that may have them have no quarterback for a while because quarterbacks are not, you know, enough with every aisle at Costco anymore. You've got to, you've got to find a guy you love and you've got to make sure he doesn't get hurt, and you've got to make sure you spend money to protect him and give him weapons. I mean, it's not easy to fix a quarterback vacuum, as many of the teams this uh, this this winter who have quarterback vacuums are finding. You know, I mean, people are tossing out you know Philip Rivers at thirty nine as a, as a reasonable alternative. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. you know, I mean, look, Tom Brady's resume is, I mean, it, it's painted gold and it stacks to the ceiling, but you're not getting the resume. You're getting what's left. And guessing what's left is mostly art and, you know, wetting your finger and, you know, waiting for the wind. Whereas Garoppolo, I mean, my guess is Kyle Shanahan looks at Garoppolo and says, there are things we can fix on him. And they're not big fixes, so I think this can be be easily done. I just think the risk-reward is out of whack for this deal. Before I let you go, I wanted to have uh, one Golden State question. We're talking to Ray Ratto, longtime sports columnist in the Bay Area. What is the bigger picture game plan for the Warriors when everybody's healthy, you got a high draft pick? What, what is next year going to be like? Well, next year is not going to be this year because this year is the answer to every question everybody's ever asked. What if the best college team played a team in the pros? Because it's hard on the eyes. Even beating Denver last night, you just you know you just go, why am I watching this? This is hideous. Um, but I think the next year's big picture sort of starts with what kind of vibe they get watching Stephen Curry play with Andrew Wiggins and even an injured Draymond Green to get an idea if they can pick up all the nuances and subtleties that they built up over five years, well, really seven years and go forward, or whether they think they need to move Wiggins to load up on more draft picks. Um, if they decide they want Wiggins, then, you know, then they don't have to do anything with their pick, and they can basically take anybody that they want. I just don't know that this is a draft in which immediate help is going to result. But having the worst record and maybe even winning the lottery allows them the luxury of thinking, well, maybe we can package this and Wiggins and get something we really like on the market. So I think the the long-term thing is they're going to be okay, but how are they going to be okay? I don't think they believe that, that Curry's injury is, you know, career damaging. I don't think they think that Thompson's is career damaging. I think they've been ultra conservative in, in medical decisions since the Durant thing. So that's why they view, you know, Curry as not being a guy they need to rush back. But I think they do want to watch him play with Wiggins to get an idea of what the preferred path for the offseason is. Because the preferred path for the offseason is going to tell you how they tackle next year. If everything goes great and Wiggins and Curry fit like a glove together, I mean, they're, you know, 50 to 54 wins. If it doesn't and they've got to go a different way, it might be a bit more of a scrape to get in. I, it just dawned on me, and, and this probably isn't a fair question to be asking, but it well, just— Well, I'm just the girl to ask yeah, it to Absolutely. That. If, if, a, 
It would have been Clay Thompson or Steph Curry who suffered that injury in the uh, leading in, uh, into the postseason instead of Kevin Durant. Would they have rushed them? But they knew Kevin Durant was probably leaving, or at least had a pretty good indication. I I don't know if if that factored in in getting him back to playing. If it would have been Steph Curry who suffered that injury, would they have expedited his return? Um. I think they probably would have handled it exactly the same way. Okay. I think what happened to Kevin Durant was terrible luck because there's no real way. I mean, as much as these guys know about medicine, about how, you know, how a player is going to come back from an injury. I mean, Curry could come back with this, you know, bit of nerve damage in his hand and suddenly become a terrible shooter. I mean, I don't think that's the way to bet. And I don't think they rushed Durant back. I mean, if if they really felt like they needed to rush him back, he'd have been back a week earlier. I mean, I you know I think this was a combination of educated choices from Durant's people, from the Warriors' medical people, and from the Warriors themselves. I don't think they they thought that there was any kind of appreciable risk in rehurting him. Okay. Right. Um, and I, and I realize that you know this disappoints conspiracy freaks everywhere, <laughs> but. You know, I think they should probably spend more time updating their job resumes. The, no, I think I think they got really bad luck, and and Durant got the worst luck of all. And I don't think they would have handled him any differently. Or I don't think they would have handled Curry or Thompson any differently than they than they did Durant, except for the fact that they're different injuries. So to me, you know, I think what happened to the Warriors, you know, I mean, they were playing a very difficult team, and Toronto might have won anyway. But Durant was not, you know, medical malfeasance. It was terrible luck. And, you know, listen, you know, I mean, if, if they had forced Durant to play, that would be a different argument. Mm. But Durant, you know, who could, you know, look for an alibi any way he wanted, has always said, no, no, I, I got no problem with what they did. We signed off on everything, too. I mean, he's back there play and when he doesn't really need to. So I, I think they just, you know, bad luck basically bit them on the head for the first time in half a decade. Great to talk to you again, Ray. Hope you're well. Thanks for joining us as always. I always enjoy being on Meathead Wednesday. Thank you. That's Ray Ratto, longtime Bay Area sports writer. He'll he'll take notes and he'll send notes into the show. Like he texts Paulie all the time. Uh, I always appreciate that. Uh, Draymond Green got a shoe deal. I don't know who else is involved with this company, but I did love the fact that Draymond Green has signed a new shoe deal, and it's probably not with the brand that you thought he would. We'll have that story for you coming up right after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do, and I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Once again, it's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. Geico.com. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com, clicking on the support this podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and of course, supporting. And now back to the show. 
Phone calls are welcome, 877-3DP-SHOW. Twitter handle at DP-SHOW. What a disastrous loss for the Pelicans. They gave up a 139 points to the Timberwolves, who were playing without Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, that's so bad. Now you got Luka against Zion coming up tonight. I wonder if the Pelicans are going to get greedy here with uh, Zion's minutes and the number of games he plays. Because it felt like he's, you know, they're limiting him as best they can. But you start to look at the playoffs and you go, boy, we could make the playoffs here. And I, I would just look at this year as an experimental year, the second half of the year. If you make the playoffs, great. But I think there'll be some changes to the roster next year, and then you get Zion ready to go for a full season. Yeah, McLovin. They just announced he can do back-to-back for yeah. the first time. Yeah, so. I know. I saw that. Eey. I know. Uh, I saw where Draymond Green got a shoe deal. Now, he had been, I believe, with Nike. He's signed a shoe deal with Converse. Now, Uh-oh. well, wait a minute. I was a big Converse guy growing up. And uh, is, is it fair to say people are be surprised by this? I don't know if who else Converse has, but if you go back to in the '80s where Bird and Magic were Converse guys, remember their commercial where Magic went to uh, Larry's hometown, a French lick, and they shot that commercial. He gets out of the limo, armed with his Converse. But I don't know what other athletes they have on their roster when it comes to Converse. Yeah, Paul. About a year ago, there's a story in GQ that Converse is getting back in the NBA. They signed Kelly Obrey Jr. And then they're going to start well, going after... that'll get you back. Yeah, and then they're going to start going after other people. But this is about a year ago, there's an article in GQ. Yeah, so Draymond Green with Converse. I don't know what the new Converse look like. Have you have you seen Converse basketball shoes? I, I, I see the Chuck Taylors, which I grew up with. I love the Chuck Taylors. Yeah, see... It doesn't seem as crazy to me, though, considering Nike, that Converse is owned by Nike. Yeah. So it's sort of like, are you part of the Jordan brand or Nike? Or, you know, it's just kind of a subsidiary of already this juggernaut. So but, it's not as big of a risk as, say, New Balance is. Like, that's a, whoa, I can't believe he's signing with New Balance. Yeah, Kawhi with the New Balance deal. But also, when I look at Converse, I don't know what their basketball shoe looks like. I know what the Chuck Taylor does, but nobody in their right mind would be playing basketball in Chuck Taylor's. I mean, they're more of a, 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 that's a wardrobe. That's a style statement there. Not anymore, anyway. No. The playing in Chuck Taylor's. No. Back in the day, that's, that was. That's what I wore. Yeah. High top black Chuck Taylor's. I, I was, think in sixth grade I did. Yes, McLovin. Are these some kind of like with Draymond? Are they like orthopedic shoes? Like, like wow. Skechers? Yeah. Like, wow. Well, wasn't that <laughs> like Steph, Curry? Steph Curry? Steph yeah. Curry had what looked like. Uh, shoes that nurses wear. Or dad shoes, some yeah, people dad call shoes. them. Yeah, Paul. Well, I'm on the Converse website, and they've got a really nice mix of their old like weapon shoes, the Converse weapons, the yeah. Chuck Taylors. And then there are a lot of throwback stuff, a lot of cool throwback stuff. But now they have All-Star Pro. Almost The shoes look like they're on fire. I think these are their new basketball shoes. They're pretty cool. They're uh, inspired by Kelly Oubre Jr. Well, isn't he an artist? Is Kelly Oubre one of those marketing guys that, or do I have him mixed up with somebody else? I'm not sure. Maybe that's somebody on the nets. But somebody is like a he he's designs and he markets. Uh, I don't know if it's Kelly or somebody with the nets, but I remember reading something about that. Yeah, McLovin. Wait, by the way, is Kelly Oubre, does he just switch between the Suns and the Wizards like every every other game? Didn't I he never... just get injured? He's got knee surgery. I think he's out for the rest of the year. Yeah, he's is he good? You watch, you watch those yeah. games. I have no idea. Yeah. 
There's so many guys in the NBA right now. It I is know. overwhelming. Uh, Ubre is this season. He's averaging eighteen seven. Yeah. When he's healthy, it's a quiet eighteen seven. Yeah. Yeah. Quiet. I always love the Adidas superstar, as the kids like to call it, shell toes. Uh, I always thought that was the most stylish basketball shoe ever made because you could wear it with jeans and you could wear it on the basketball floor. Yeah, McLean. I know it's a trend that white, white high-end basketball shoes are like a big fashion thing now. I find white basketball shoes impossible. Like, you, How many times can you wear them before they get dirty? If you're wearing them, it's like a fashion statement. Oh, I, yeah, I don't get that where you see somebody and those... It, the color is like the Dodger uniform white. You know how how bright the Dodger uniform is? Like, boy, that is white. And then you'll see the kids wearing a nice getup suit or something, and they've got white tennis shoes on. What could go wrong? I know. I, I go back to a kid where you could get the shoes dirtier. You know, you oh, could yeah. get a new pair for yeah. months. But the Chuck Taylors, you could throw them in the wash. And then pop them out. Throw them in the dryer. You're good to go. It's like you had a brand new pair of shoes. Mike Krzyzewski will join us coming up in about 20 minutes here on the Dan Patrick Show. Podcast One has some exciting news. It's official. Our shows are now available on Spotify. And it's free. We want to make it super easy for you and your friends to listen to our podcasts. And joining Spotify allows us to be in even more places for fans to find us. If you're already listening to music on Spotify, you can now listen to our podcasts in the same place. If you're not on Spotify yet, All you have to do is download the free app. That's right, no credit card necessary, and simply search for our shows to start listening. 